Man, what's going on? This your boy D. Johnson on the mic for Talk That Ish. Y'all already know what time it is. I've been absent purposely because I haven't done a fast take in a while. And I wanted to wait until a couple, you know, this is a long NBA season. This is about 82 games. So you want to kind of wait. You kind of want to see what, how teams stack up first before you make another opinion. Um, to do games like back to back to back, you don't really get a good feel for like my opinions. They can kind of get repetitive. They can kind of change. They can kind of be inconsistent. So when we do these uh, fast takes from this point in on the NBA, we're going to let like a little bit of time go through. I'm going to try to do them every six games or so, kind of give you some recap, um, try to give you some insight um, to remain consistent, man. So apologies for that. Also, probably coming up on Wednesday when I have some time on the day off from work, I'm going to give you all an NFL recap at the halfway mark of the NFL, where I see teams stacking up, how I think teams are doing so far, who I think is going to break out in the next eight weeks, and who has the best chance to really jock for their position and perhaps win their division. So keep up for that. Look for that for all my Talk That Ish fans, and we're going to have that for you in a second, man. But let me go ahead and get a couple rants out the way. We go. I want to go straight to the game that just ended. I want to talk about this Lakers versus Minnesota. Minnesota game real quick because it just pissed me off, man. So Minnesota won this one, 124 to 120. First off, let me give props to Jimmy Butler. My man's balling. Um, I listen, I understand that the Timberwolves have offered or have been offered four first round picks and perhaps Eric Gordon on the table. I get that. But tonight. Jimmy Butler was huge. 32.6 of 7 from the three-point lane. He was unstoppable from the perimeter. The, the Lakers just don't have an answer for other teams' perimeter when it comes to defense. And it just irks me because you have the length with Ingram. You have the veteranship with LeBron. You have good presence. But I'm just looking at... You know, Luke, well, you know, Luke here, and I'm sitting here like, man, you got to figure out these rotations in a second. But I'm going to go in on the Lakers in a second, man. But just give me a sec. Uh, first off, Jimmy Butler don't need to really be going nowhere. He is this team. Without Jimmy Butler tonight, the Lakers easily squashed the Minnesota, Minnesota Timberwolves. So management's in a tricky position. They got to trade him, but you can't get just anything back for him. You're going to have to get some type of quality uh, for a... Uh, Jimmy Butler. Uh, four round picks, first round picks. Let me break that down for you. So basically, the Houston Rockets they want they want and are interested in Jimmy Butler. They're trying to get Jimmy Buckets to come on over to Houston, which would be cool. But to me, that's not going to fix all their problems because at the end of the day, Houston don't play no dag on defense. Houston got a lot of issues uh, when CP3 is away. And James Harden is just not yet ready to be that guy on the defensive side of the ball. Like he's still trying to just be an offensive go-getter. But here's my point. If you score 32 points, but you give me no effort on defense, that, I mean, a, a team can match your 32 while you putting 32 on their head. So that means absolutely nothing if you ain't going to play defense. But we're going to get to James Harden a little later. Butler don't need to go nowhere on this team, unfortunately. I, I don't blame Tibbs for taking the road he's taking, trying to hold Jimmy down and just try to work this out because you can see, like, he's showing, balling out. He's obviously going to leave at the end of the season, but, you know, I understand the logic, you know, try to get something for him. But you try to hold off at least until as close to the All-Star break as you can, and you want to try to get a good package for Jimmy Butler. So if you are going to give 32 points on six of seven shooting from the three-point uh, from three point line tonight, you make sure you get Eric Gordon. You make sure you get a young piece, and you make sure you get your draft picks. 
period. I don't blame Thibs for doing what you're doing because tonight's game proves how valuable Jimmy uh, Butler is. On the defensive side, the critical stops he had and was able to get his team in position, um, getting Carl Anthony Towns going with 25 points. Um, really, I mean, it was just Carl Anthony Towns and Butler that was just killing the Lakers tonight. I mean, 25 points for Carl Anthony Towns, not a bad night from him. Uh, Jimmy Butler was able to close it near the end, and that's the difference um, between a team that's been together and kind of knows what they're doing right now through through seven games and a team with the Lakers who still trying to figure it out, who just had players get back from suspension, and they still trying to develop a, a smooth uh, lineup for on the floor with LeBron. Okay, and so that's that's just my take on Minnesota. They had a good win tonight, three and four for them. So they moving up in the um, Western Conference. Let's talk about these LA Lakers through seven games. This is what I saw when they didn't have Rondo and they were playing Kuzma and you were playing Lonzo Ball. The team moves faster. It's just it's easier for for LeBron to get his baskets. LeBron's not having to be ball dominant. LeBron's not having to do do too much to get this offense going. The problem is when you put Rondo on the floor, Rondo can't shoot perimeters with confidence or in critical um, situations where you need it. Rondo's an orchestrator. You know, to me, Lonzo is developing into one of the best three-point shooters in this association, believe it or not, at 41, maybe 42% at, from the field. So he's he's shooting lights out from beyond the arc when he's given that opportunity. The, but the problem tonight is you're you're splitting minutes up. And I think if you're Luke Walton, you're just going to have to just go ahead and give it to Lonzo Ball and let him fly. Problem is Rondo, he was suspended for three games because of that stupid fight he got into Houston with about three or four games ago. And he just doesn't have his. He doesn't have that win to to uh, what the LA Lakers are trying to do offensively. And then defensively, these guys can't defend the the the, the three point line. It's ridiculous. And LeBron's again. I love LeBron, but you're not you're not trying any effort tonight. This man had several ter- critical turnovers. That it's just like, bro, dude, you're trying to do too much. You just not let trust your teammates. And if you lose, you lose. But let the Lakers develop their system. Don't go into this stupid LeBron system. Everybody gets to the perimeter. I'm going to be the orchestrator and go from there. That only works but so much. You're going to have to trust your teammates and go from there. And then for Lou Walton, you're going to have to find a three-point shooter consistently. If they can't do it within the next five or six games when we revisit the L.A. Lakers again, they need to consider packaging one of their one of their young players. And to me, I think the most expendable player that they can do without. And I hate I'm surprised I'm saying this, but I wish they would never have signed, you know, uh, Caldwell Pope to this contract. He's giving you all for one. They barely even use him anymore. And to me. If Caldwell Post is not going to give you production, you need to go ahead and sit him and just put give Savai uh, some more minutes and just see what he can do and develop him because you're not doing anything with him. And then, you know, yeah. But they might have to trade Ingram away and maybe package him with somebody else. Um, maybe a Beasley because they're not doing anything with Beasley and try to get a shooter because th- they can't continue to sustain without a consistent shooter to stop the bleeding. This game was rentable so many times. 
and they just couldn't hit a perimeter shot. And every time it clanked out, here comes Jimmy Butler. Jimmy Butler hits the open three, or Jimmy Butler finds uh, Carl Anthony Towns, and they're up by five. They're up by seven with two and three minutes left to go. The Lakers have got to get better on defense. They've got to find perimeter play because right now they can't get it consistently. They had one of their better shooting nights tonight at 36.4% from the three-point line out of 12 or 33 shooting. That's not bad, but you expect better, and they need to be hitting better. And the thing is, there's a difference between hitting threes and hitting critical threes. Down the stretch, they couldn't buy a three. And that was the reason there was the difference maker between them winning this game and them losing this game. And then for LeBron, you can't have critical turnovers in the last minute. That's my problem with LeBron. He's been, he does too much. He needs to get the ball out of his hand. Let Lance take over. Get back to the system of whoever gets the rebound is the one orchestrating. LeBron can play off the ball. He needs to play off the ball because when he plays off the ball, this team is a lot more effective. Now, I do think they need to go ahead and either develop Zubac some more because they need to do something with um, JaVale McGee playing 31 minutes. He gets winded too easily. And then when he gets tired, he's not making good IQ plays. That's, that's where your turnovers come through. That's where your shacked in the full moments come from. So he's going to have to get better or they're going to have to get to start developing Zubac and, um, or go get a, another big man to go ahead and fill out that rotation. Some, but they need another big man uh, for when Miguel is, uh, excuse me, uh, JaVale McGee is outside the game because when JaVale McGee is outside the game, their def- their defensive efficiency goes out the window. Now, sure, you know, Ingram will give you some hustle plays every now and then. Uh, you know, Lonzo and Josh Hart, they'll guard and play with effort. But in the critical situations where you really need those guys to show up and you really need uh, production from those guys on the defensive side, they're not giving it, and that's what's hurting the L.A. Lakers right now. So they're going to drop to 2-5 and five right now. I'm not concerned for the Lakers yet, but I will say if they don't get together in the next six or seven games, they could very well be on the outside looking and barely making it into the playoffs at that 7th or 8th seed, and they don't want to do that heading into their first year. So if you're LeBron James or Luke Walton or – Magic Johnson, you need to get on the phone before All-Star break. Go get yourself a shooter and try to solve your, your woes on the defensive side of the ball because it's 124 to 120 to the Timberwolves. Yeah, that's not that's not going to get it for the Lakers if you're a Laker fan. So I was really disappointed tonight. I think that these, this team got some work to do, definitely. They definitely need to improve, but... They they gotta find some consistency. You gotta, I mean, if you're Luke Walton, you gotta go ahead and sit uh, Carwell Polk. He ain't doing nothing for you. He ain't getting it right now. And that's the that's the problem. You can't be hitting zero for four from the perimeter and thinking that that, that and you're getting paid seventeen million dollars. That seventeen million dollars could be used to go get some actual quality young guns that can actually shoot from beyond the arc consistently. Okay, uh, next game. I don't got too much to say on these guys. Um, Golden State Warriors crushed the Chicago Bulls 149 to 124. I mean, tell me something that I don't know. This team is looking a lot more dangerous with this starting five. Um, it's starting four, excuse me. Um, and, you know, a couple nights ago against the Nets, it was the Steph show. He he showed out tonight. It was Clay Thompson's show. He, um, you know, he did his thing from the three-point line. It's just like, okay, I mean, he gave you 52 points tonight. I mean... That's how dangerous. That's why people, you know, are really just sitting here uh, looking at the words like, damn, what did they have to complain about? Why? You know, this is why they ruined the NBA, because, I mean, ultimately, Clay Thompson can do this in his sleep whenever he whenever the team needs him. I don't think Clay Thompson gets enough credit. Um, he, he's, he can easily go 40 in his sleep. 
but he does it when the team needs it at critical moments. Pay attention, i.e. that OKC series back when they won the first championship with Kevin Durant. Had he not scored that 40 points um, to get to the finals, uh, they would be going home. Um, excuse me. Excuse me. I thought that was 2016. Had he not scored that 40 points, they would not be able to get past the Thunder that year. You know, he's a critical playmaker. And when he's able to get hot like this, he's going to give you 52 points. He can go cold sometimes and give you some funky stuff. But I don't worry about Klay Thompson because I'm like, he's going to give you some games like that. But he's a consistent guy, shows up and plays and does his thing. So I'm never concerned about that. Um, so this was just the, the Klay Thompson show. Um, Steph Curry had 23. Kevin Durant had 14. And they just got, you know, some production here and there from their bench. McKinney had 19. Quinn Cook had 16 off the bench. Jerebko, sorry. He had 10 points. So they got some solid bench production. But, like, it's the Bulls. So I'm not really getting too hype off that win. Nice win for the uh, Gold State Warriors. They had a good Eastern Conference tour for the last, I think, three or four games. They were over there playing Eastern Conference teams. They play, like, the Nets, Chicago, and, like, New York. So they play, like, the the northern side of things. I mean, those are weak teams that, you know, aren't really going to make no noise. So, okay. I mean, you're playing the easier, easier, soft side of your schedule, I guess, right now. Um, Wendell Carter Jr. had 18 points. Zach Levine had 21 points leading the way. Uh, for the Chicago Bulls. Blackney came off the bench and gave you 21. Uh, so overall for the Chicago Bulls, it looked, it looked like they went into their bench, but more so when this was a blowout. They took their starters out and just shot. Um, Bulls, like I said, I don't really have them making no noise. I think they're about a three-year project, and they got to start developing some of these players. And like I said, Wendell Carter Jr., that's a good start, 18 points. He's got to get better from the three-point line. 0-2 can give you a little better. Uh, but... You know, they got some work to do. And um, that's all I got to say on that game. So 149 to 124 for the Warriors. Let's go to the much anticipated game tonight, man. Let's talk about this Milwaukee Bucks team and this Toronto Raptors team. So as I said, coming into the season, I had the Toronto Raptors being the number one seed because I thought that Kawhi Leonard was going to be Kawhi Leonard this year. Um, but I, I'm going to tell you, I didn't, Milwaukee shocked me. I had them being more of a borderline fourth seed. And they're... They're winning the Eastern Conference right now at 7-0. And, and they didn't even have Giannis playing tonight. Um let's talk about let's talk about this game and let's talk about um, you know, let me break down briefly. Cause I mean, I like both teams to be honest. I think now Milwaukee's kind of in the conversation to be a top three team just because Boston's not just taking a step back because Kyrie is not himself quite yet off that injury, and that's gonna be very important for this team going forward. But let's take a look at it on for Toronto. Serge Ibaka gave you a rare 30 points tonight. He was just feeling it. So, you, you know, he, he would get good, good production from him. Um, I'm trying. I'm just going down, y'all. So give me a second. Siakam gave you 22. That's a good young piece, man. He's playing his tail off so far this season. I see him. He's been consistent and a pest on the defensive side. Let me tell you, Toronto is a very tough defensive matchup for anybody not just in the east but in the west like they stack up and line up very well because with the addition of danny green he gives you shot blocking ability as well as three-point scoring when he is on so he gave you eight points tonight but like i said i mean you're not gonna get too many games like that from him um i noticed they didn't pay um they didn't play Kawhi leonard tonight i guess they were just resting him 
Um, you know, I, and what I know is about Toronto, they're being very careful with Kawhi Leonard, taking care of him, and they're showing because Kawhi Leonard's, you know, able to come back in the following games and really pick this team up. I do believe with Kawhi Leonard, uh, this team would have probably beat the Milwaukee Bucks tonight, even with Giannis. I mean, I understand Giannis is having a good year, but there's just Kawhi Leonard's just showing people why he is the uh, top two, top three player in the league right now, and he needs to be respected. Um, because, I mean, he's coming in and changing the impact of the game. And to me, so far through seven games, he's came in and said, I'm the best player in the East, period. So I think it's Kawhi Leonard, your best player. And I think it's Giannis. Then I think it's, um, uh, you know, uh, what's my man's name? Old buddy from Philadelphia. And then his teammate. So, they, I mean, the East has some talent over there for sure. Um, then, you know, you have the Boston and some of their squad members, Tatum. Um, you know, I see Kyrie Irving is going to take like 10 games to kind of get back to being Kyrie Irving. You can tell he's very rusty and I'm not going to get kill him too hard through seven games, but we'll talk about that a little later. But um, Toronto, yeah, they just had an off game tonight, off night, but it was a well-played game all the way up to the fourth quarter before Milwaukee pulled, pulled away. It's just their year this year, in my opinion. But, you know, Milwaukee outperformed, uh, you know, Toronto 124 to 109. Let's go on the Milwaukee side of things real quick before we go. Ilya Sova gave you three or six from uh, from three-point land. He gave you 19 points tonight. Middleton gave you 14. Bledsoe, Brogdon played up to speed. So the backcourt for the uh, – for the Milwaukee Bucks was pretty good. They gave you um, right around like uh, 34 points on the backcourt. Not bad at all. I was just kind of waiting to see what Bledsoe and Brogdon did this season because I was like, you know, it's really their time to kind of really pick up the low when they don't have Giannis. And uh, I think that's a big thing. And they, Giannis wasn't here tonight because he was under uh, concussion protocol. He was ruled out uh, this morning. Uh, but very nice game for the Milwaukee Bucks. They finished 124 to 109. They moved to 7 and 0 undefeated on the season. Toronto's going to drop 6 to 1. So the East is looking like a four horse race, and it's looking pretty good right now. You got Milwaukee, Toronto, Boston, and Philadelphia. Philadelphia looking like the weaker team until either Ben Simmons decides to shoot a perimeter shot or they get a another three point shooter that can compensate for what they don't have. But. Uh, Philadelphia's looking like the weaker of the four teams right now. Milwaukee's looking like they can be a contender in the East right now. Not a contender for a title, but a contender in the East, meaning that they'll at least advance to the semifinals this year, not the first round and out. Next game I want to talk about real quick, man. I want to talk about the Knicks, and I want to talk about the Brooklyn Nets. I said this year that the Knicks will make the playoffs I'm not panicking quite yet. They're two and five. Both teams are two and five. And both teams are very, very competitive this year. I've been surprised with both teams. Um, especially I like what I see from Spencer Dwindy uh Dinwiddie. Uh, I think he's playing very well this year. And also I like what I'm seeing from Tim Hardaway Jr., who's taken over a role of his own and being the pretty much the scorer and the leader for this New York Knicks team. And I definitely like what I've you know, been seeing from him throughout the season through seven games. So it was 115-96. Nets uh, leading scorer this evening was uh, Dinwiddie. He gave you 17 points. Like, Dinwiddie just does this. I do believe, like, if he continues to play the way he does, like, you got to kind of look at certain him into the starting lineup and either, you know, uh, taking, taking, like, Harris out or something. But they got to give him some more PT and let him go. 
Um, this Nets team, I, I don't think they're quite there yet to be good, but they're not going to be sorry as they were last year. That's for the Cleveland Cavaliers, obviously, who are the biggest disappointment for me because I had at least them at least being like a seven for AFC. Now they're not going to even make the playoffs. They're going to be a, a lottery pick because they have no players. They have a bunch of role players. They have an injured Kevin Love. But this is what I said on that video. I said if they gave him that contract, it would be the biggest mistake of their life. I, I explained that. Go check that video up. I, I um, did a review about Kevin Love signing the extension and, and getting his money, which I said I ain't mad at his money, but from the from the Cleveland Cavaliers' perspective, they probably should have traded him and tried to get some something back and start rebuilding. But that's Cleveland's mistake. So... Uh, let's go to the Knicks side. Like I said, Hardaway led the way with 25 points. Uh, uh, Nila Nick Frank Nicolina, uh, led the way with 16 points behind Hardaway. He's coming into his own. Uh, I like the, the guard play tonight. Uh, that just goes to show you how great of a coach, um, my man is, uh, God, it'll come to me in a second, but how good he, uh, he is as a coach to really be able to come there and assert a modern uh, way of basketball that, that everybody's playing with, getting uh, excellent production from the guards and, and so on and so forth. Um, <sighs> sorry, y'all, it's kind of late, but um, David Fisdale, there you go. David Fisdale is really uh, doing a uh, number one. He's giving a lot of these guys some some uh, good PT. He got some good minutes from Cantor tonight. Um, he's got some good uh, production from Trier, who's a shooting guard coming off the bench. You know, these guys are looking really good. Um, I will say they're going to they're gonna have struggle up and down, but I do have them being a 40 to 45 win team this year, which again in the East, that's going to make the playoffs. Uh, they'll be like a seventh or sixth seed this year, New York uh, uh, Knicks, but good start for them. I do have the Nets winning around like 29 to 35 games, just missing it, but they're not going to be sorry this year, which is good news for them because I could see some some potential with Levert and Dinwiddie and Russell when he decides he wants to play every now and then. So good team win for the New York Knicks. They both moved to two and five on the season. Uh, next game I want to talk about is this Kings and Heat's game. Uh, Kings are really shocking me right now with the division with the Lakers. I never expected them to start this fast. The guys was a fast start. They're four and three, um, looking like one of the best teams in their division behind uh, Golden State, of course. Um, but Miami's kind of, you know, they're kind of just doing what they do, grinding them out. They're not going to win them all, but Eric Spolster is a, is a coach that is going to allow teams to hang in there that aren't supposed to hang in there. So they're 3-3 three and three, uh, on the year so far. Um, they lost this one tonight, 123-113, to but let's dive real quick into this game. Let me talk about a couple people off of the Sacramento Kings and what I think they're going to pan out to this year. Uh, they got some good work from Darren Fox. And as I said before, Willie Conley Steins is like a poor man's Anthony Davis. If you he, if he's giving you 26 and 13, I'm okay with that. That's beyond my expectations for him. He was a hell of a presence at Kentucky, and he's just doing his thing. So the, the trio of Willie Colley Steins, Darren Fox, and Buddy Hill is, is doing really good to, uh, so far for the Kings. I mean, they're giving you consistent high, high scoring and high IQ, high good possessions. I mean, Buddy Hill had 23 points tonight. Uh, Fox had 20 points tonight. Willie Colley Stein had 26 points. They got awesome production from they uh, from their starting lineup. Um, Belichicka uh, Bel- uh, Bel- gave you 19 points in the starting lineup. So these guys had a hell of a game tonight. Um, they had a great win at the at, you know 
at at the uh, at the oh yeah they were at the Miami Heat tonight, so they they were able to get an important on the road win, and that's what's up for them, man. I'm happy to see the Kings doing good. Um, they definitely look like they're like a between a 35 to 40 win team this year. I don't have them quite making the playoffs because I think these guys are gotta get like maybe another year older. Um, you know, they do have some moments where they can kind of you know keep you in the game and even may- let you win the game. But they definitely have some young talent. Um, the DeMarcus Cousins trade now is starting to make some a lot of sense for the Sacramento Kings. It literally took these cats two years to rebuild, and now they're right back into being a, a respectable basketball team that you have to take serious in the West. And, and with them getting these wins like that, this in the East, and remaining in the playoff hunt so far, you got to tip your hat to the Sacramento Kings. Definitely doing their thing. Buddy Hill... Um, you know, Fox, Willie Colley sign that trio is going to be a nightmare in a year or two. Uh, once they get some experience up under them, but good team win tonight from those guys. Miami, I don't really got too much to say on them. Like I said, they're going to hang around in the east and we'll see what happens with them. But they got some good production from their players, and that's all I want to say on them. Uh, I want to check out this, this Trailblazers versus Indiana game. Again, this was another good game of two, I think, sleeper teams in their respective conferences. Portland is going to be a really good team. I think they're going to be a team that's underappreciated. They're kind of going to be flying underneath the radar, getting some wins where they need to get wins at. But it's going to be like, oh, it's Portland. So we know what they're going to do in the playoffs. I think they're going to, they're going to shock a team this year and go to the semifinals and get bumped out there. But they're definitely uh, a, a good team so far this year. They got four and two coming in here. Indy was four and two coming in here as well. They dropped to four and three off the loss tonight. But definitely not a bad game. Uh, let's break down into kind of what happened overall. Um, so Aminu has been really good. He's he's starting to translate his game a little bit on the road. He gave you eleven points tonight. Nurkic, I mean, he got to do better tonight. He gave you five, two, and two. Big man's got to give you more than what he gave you tonight. Um, but Damian Lillard and CJ McCollum had a pretty pedestrian night for their standards. They gave you sixteen and one. It looked like Lillard was a little in a little bit of fouls. Probably he had four fouls on the night. CJ McCollum had a pretty pedestrian, quiet night, seventeen and six. Not bad, but he had a pretty off night from three point land at one and five. So you expect a little bit better. Ultimately, it looked like to me this the point the difference was Portland's bench. They probably they outscored um uh the Pacers bench. I mean, we can go down. Swanick Swan Swanigan had eleven points. Collins had seventeen. Leonard had nothing. Staskas had ten. Uh, Turner had 13, and uh, Seth Curry gave you three points. So they got excellent production from their bench. <coughs> um, excuse me. That's what it looks like what won them this game tonight. <coughs> and uh, really allowed these guys to uh, elevate over the uh, Indiana Pacers. It's just their bench was able to overcome uh, the small performances of Lillard and McCollum on the road. <coughs> and those guys are going to have to get better. Because that was their problem last year in the playoffs. Um, when they got down 0-2, they weren't able to respond on the road. So you pay attention to these uh, road losses for the Portland Trailblazers. And they got to they gotta have a winning record on the road for me to trust them in the playoffs this year. Um, I got the Portland Trailblazers advancing to the semis and then getting bumped. But... I gotta see some more on the road from them. If they if they come up small on the road this year, I don't I will have them going home in the first round again because you can't depend on um, <clears throat> home court advantage, especially with how deep the West is this year. 
and how these teams are playing. You essentially got 12 teams that can possibly go to the playoffs in the West. So it's just crazy out there. And, you know, we'll see. Um, But Pacers, I mean, they're going to be in the mix as well. They had a pretty decent night from uh, Oladipo. He gave you 21-7-9. Collison gave you 17-2. And 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 then this is the thing that kind of I said earlier is going to really drive this Indiana team to see if they really take that next step up. Turner's got to give you more than 10 and 9, man. Look, Turner, I love him, but he's been in the league for a while now, and it's time for him to take that leap. He's got to be a 15 to 20-point scorer per night for this team to be successful. He needs to be averaging a double-double. He needs to be a walking double-double, matter of fact. He should be getting you 10 rebounds a night with his size and his length and his ability to disrupt the floor um, with his his size and his physicalness. So 10 points from Turner at home tonight was not good for him. Um, I expect him to pick it up as the uh, Pacers go into the next seven games and we revisit these guys. But like I said, I have the uh, Indiana Trailblazers, excuse me, Indiana Pacers and the Portland Trailblazers both being middle of the road East and West Conference teams in the in the playoffs. And they just got to pick it up, man. They definitely got to give me more than what they gave me to uh, tonight um, for them to be successful. Not a bad loss for the Pacers because, it's. I mean, the Portland Trailblazers have gotten out to a good early start in their division. But <clears throat> if you're the uh, Pacers, man, you need to start getting some marquee wins on the board. They have, they've been getting upset by some teams that are playoff teams. But if you want me to start taking them serious past the first round, I need the Pacers to start giving me some marquee some marquee wins that are going to mean something heading into the playoffs. It's time for them to make some noise. I think I had the Pacers as a fourth seed in the East, and I think I had the Trailblazers as a fifth or sixth seed in the West, which is not bad because, like I said, the West is going to be stacked this year, man. It's just it's crazy. <clears throat> but uh, that's my thoughts on the Trailblazers and the Pacers. Let's go to this uh, this Hawks 76 game. Atlanta was two and four coming, uh, two and three coming in. Excuse me, and uh, Philadelphia was four and three coming in. Uh, for those who don't know, I'm from Atlanta. Um, I currently reside in Atlanta, so I kind of kept up with the Atlanta Hawks a little bit. Trey Young has been pretty nice so far for the Atlanta Hawks through uh, six games. He's been balling out. Um, Bays Moore has been balling out. Um, God, yo, he's been. He's they. they uh, Atlanta's trying to make a little bit of noise. I don't think they're going to be good. I think they're a 30-win team this year, but they ain't going to be sorry either. They got some pieces that have some promise, and they're young. They're exciting to watch. And as I said before, you got veterans like Vince Carter and stuff to you know help Trey Young out as he develops his game this year. But um, them getting to 30 games is going to be predicated on how well Trey Young develops, obviously. You know, he's going to have nights where he's not going to be hitting from 25 to 30 feet. But then he's going to have nights where he's giving you 28 and and um, some assists. So he, he, he gave you 11 and 8 tonight. Not bad game so far for the youngster, but definitely an off game for him because he came in with, I think, averaging 17 or 18 uh, coming into this game. So um, they kind of kept him in check on the defensive side of the ball, it looks like. Um, but leading the way with uh, for Atlanta was Bazemore. Bazemore's having a hell of a year so far. He's giving you uh, dunks. He's giving you layups. He's giving you perimeter shooting. And he's been very exciting to watch. Um, Prince is another name I must say, man. He's been <clears throat> lighting it up as well. Uh, when he can get hot from three-point line, he can be a 15 to 18-point-per-game to player. So he kind of had an off night tonight, but... 
the guys you really got to watch out for are Prince and Young. If those guys can continue to develop their game, then I think Atlanta will be back in the mix with maybe another draft pick or another part or piece uh, within three years. They're, they're definitely a good young team on the come up, and I like what they're doing so far. Um in their skill positions uh, as they're developing and getting these guys going. Um, let's talk about the Philadelphia 76ers. Um, they're four and three this year. They're to me, they're a fourth seed. Um, I have them slightly better than the Pacers. Uh, I have the Pacers as a fifth seed. I have the, uh, Philadelphia 76ers as a fourth seed. Um, it's just the fact that nobody respects Ben Simmons shooting. I mean, you can see on the defensive side of the ball, teams are just literally backing off and just daring him to shoot. And Simmons is not shooting. He's just like, I'm going to drive to the basket. That's my game. And I feel that, bro. But in order for this team to elevate into being a serious contender, he's going to have to start shooting those perimeter threes and start trying to at least establish his game a little bit from beyond the arc. Because if not, they're going to be able to clog the lanes. It's going to make it harder for Embiid to get going. We had 10 points tonight um, because, you know, it's going to be harder to, uh, for Embiid to get to the lane and post up and do what he does best when they're clogging the lane and double teaming and uh, getting the ball out of Covington's hands. Um, Fultz had a pretty decent night. He gave you 16 points on 7 to 16 shooting. He's got to get more consistent from the three-point line. One of five and going to cut it for a shooting uh, point guard uh, coming out of Washington that lived behind the uh, perimeter. So he's going to have to get better there. Um, again, his development is very crucial for Ben Simmons. If he cannot get to a higher clip, um, I, I expect him to be averaging between 18 and 19 points per game, by the way. If he can't give you that, then I think this team's in trouble and they're definitely not going to be a threat to Toronto, Milwaukee, or Boston in the playoffs. I have these guys being a fourth seed um, again, but Philadelphia is the weaker of the big four um, in order to get to the playoffs because if, if it came down to them playing Boston or Toronto, I would take Boston or Toronto all day because that's just a, a matchup nightmare for the Philadelphia 76ers. But overall, good game for Ben Simmons. He gave you 21 points. Joel and B had an off night. It looks like he couldn't get going. He gave you 10, 6, and 6. So he's still sort of involved. He didn't completely go away. And then on the bench, they gave you pretty good uh, production. J.J. Reddick gave you 14 on 4 of 11. Um, Shamet gave you 13 points on 2 of 5. And um, Mascala gave you... Um, 14 points on four or six shooting. So they got some pretty good perimeter shooting tonight. Um, overall, they shot 29.8%. Not great, but they made enough threes to uh, to win this game. And ultimately, you walk away feeling good if you're the Philadelphia 76ers. But they're going to have to really step it up against marquee matchups because they're getting blown out the water. And they just... They just look misplaced playing the more elite teams that we understand are going to be in the uh, later rounds of the playoffs if you're um, the 76ers. Um, so let's talk about this because uh, the Pelicans and the uh, Nuggets are still going. Let's talk about the Mavs and the um, and uh, San Antonio. This was a great game. This game went to overtime. Again, this is Luka Dosic, his uh, debut. And, man, he showed out tonight. He had 31 points. Um, he was phenomenal tonight. He was almost bought this team in the, uh, close to winning tonight's game against the San Antonio Spurs, who are 4-2 so far, off to a great start because of Greg Popovich and um, also the arrival and the uh, inclusion of a um, uh, <clears throat> of a De uh, DeMar DeRozan, who, again, is averaging 30 so far. I mean, it's the Pop Popovich system, man. Something about Pop's system that's really getting these players to come in because... 
DeMar DeRozan was, I mean, he's just showing out so far. He's probably having the best year in his career ever um, coming to the Spurs. It's just, it's rare that I say this, but, you know, it's it's rare that, you know, a trade works out for both teams so well. And I think that's what happened with the San Antonio Spurs and the uh, Toronto Raptors. I think both teams won that trade for themselves in different ways uh, because now San Antonio is going to get a durable player that can, you know, be there and when they need them. And, I mean, Pop's going to teach this guy how to close for quarters. Uh, so whenever, you know, DeRozan not hitting, usually they're going to give it off to Rudy Gay, let him do his thing. He was 2-2 two and two tonight from the three-point line. Or they're going to give it to the LaMarcus Aldridge, let him do what he does in the post, let him pick and pop. He gave you 20 points tonight. So overall, a fantastic start for the San Antonio Spurs. Um I'm kind of eating my words so far. I had these guys dropping out of the playoffs and being like maybe a potential bottom feeder, eighth or ninth team looking in. But it's showing that these guys are not going away. They're still they're still the San Antonio Spurs and um, they look good so far. I can't even cap. They're looking really, really good so far on, for, on the on the court. Um, 113 to 108. Um, let's look at this Dallas side, Dallas side of things, man. Um, Luka Donitz. Um, Donsich had uh, 31 points, four six. He was lighting it up from three point lane. He's my rookie of the year. I, I like his game, man. He's a, a orchestrator, but when he chooses a score, man, he can be flat out scary, man. He can give you nights like this. And I think, like when you look at his production overall, I'm just like, yo, he's a monster. Yeah, he's he's really gonna be a uh, uh, all star maybe in two years if. Uh, Dallas continues to develop him. I like what how they're using Luka Doncic, uh, Doncic, um, you know, as an orchestrator and attacker. Um, how he's getting um, Jordan involved. Jordan had 18 uh, rebounds and eight points. And then, oh my God, Dennis Smith Jr. and Luka Doncic. I mean, if you can get that backcourt going, they're going to be one of the more underrated backcourts in the uh, West. They have the potential. Uh, to surpass and be up there with most backcourts in the West, in my opinion, because Dennis Jr., uh, Dennis Smith Jr. is going to only get better. He gave you 22 points tonight. And then if Doncic can average between 20 and 22 um, this year and going into next year, I think Dallas is going to be a, a force to reckon with. But Dallas is going to be a tough night to, for anybody. I do have these guys being a 39-win team, uh, right around 39 to be exact, because they're going to be a team that's going to be up and down on the road. Um, but overall, I think they're going to be pretty good at home. Um, so I do have this team being really, 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 really good at home, but not so good on the road. That's just a mark of a young team. You got a, two, a lot of young pieces and uh, a lot of old heads like Dirk. And you got, you know, Jordan was getting a little up there in his age. But it's awesome to see these guys, you know, really being competitive night in, night out. Though they're two and five, I mean, they're really exciting to see on the road so far. And yeah, I'm just really happy with what I see from Dallas. And I definitely see Luka Doncic winning the uh, MVP um, this year, excuse me, the rookie of the year this year. Uh, because, I mean, he's just really showing out. He's showing intangibles that you just can't teach as a rookie, man. So. Man, he's he's really really good. Um, we gonna live time this um, New Orleans Denver game right now is one on nine to one on four. This is a hell of a game because this is the top two teams uh, behind Ste- uh, Steph Curry and the Golden State Warriors right now. Um, it's looking like it's it's coming down to the wire, but I think the the Denver um, Denver's gonna pull away with this. Um, they are four and one. Um, they're soon to be five and one. Um, in my opinion, they're gonna close this one out. It looks like, um, but um, 
Again, it's still going on. It's 106 to 110. Let me talk about both teams while they uh, while the Nuggets are on a timeout. Um, I like what I see from Denver. Um, I had them being a playoff team. It's hard to really grasp what I think they will be. Um, I do think they can be a top four team in the West. Um, going just based off what I've seen so far, um, the Joker is looking great, man. He is playing. I mean, that's old school basketball. Big man. Fast, good footwork. I mean, these guys, I mean, are looking really good. And then their backcourt is really underrated. I mean, Murray's giving you 21 points. Harris is giving you 21 points. When these guys are able to really um, do their thing in the backcourt, man, they're able, and they're, they got um, a seven-foot giant coming up the middle. Um, and um, and uh, Jokic. I mean, God, they could be really, really good. But he's not having a good game tonight. So far, he has 12 points on uh, 10 and 9. It's a little off for him. But, man, he's uh, showing out tonight. And uh, Murray and the backcourt are looking pretty good. Lyles gave you 17 points off the bench. And Beasley um, gave you 12 points off the bench. So they had a pretty good night so far. And I think once this team gets Isaiah Thomas, that's yet another score for the Denver um, Nuggets to go to and be able to really um, you know, open up this offense some more. They're going to be one of the more potent offenses in the West, man. And I think they're going to be a top three, maybe top four seed. Um, maybe I think they'll probably be maybe a third or second seed, to be honest with you. I know that's really high for them, but man, Denver's coming out like they wanted this year. They look hungry against some of the elite competition. Um, they had an unfortunate loss against the Lakers, which I think they should have won. But as a LeBron fan, I was happy that the Lakers were able to get a marquee win against the uh, Denver Nuggets. And that's what's up, man. But um, right now it's 13.9 in the fourth left. Um, we're going to track this game down. It's 112, 106 right now. Um, Drew Holiday just made a dunk to tie it 106 to 110, but somebody on the Nuggets side just scored. I'm just waiting to see it um, as it goes. Yeah, Harris just scored. Um, he he gave you two points on a um, on a layup. Paul Millsap got fouled, so he went to the line. He made the first one 113 to 106, and he going and uh, they sub. Uh, Tory Craig in for defense, and then Paul Millsap's gonna make his second one. 114-106. Pelicans are gonna take a timeout. 13.9 left. They're gonna try to draw up a play, get a three-point um, uh, shot off, and try to see if they can foul and send um, Denver to the line. Um, but it's looking like um, the Nuggets are gonna close this one out. It's 114 to 106 right now. Um, both teams are phenomenal, man. Like I said. Um, Anthony Davis is looking like the best player in the association right now. He's playing at an MVP uh, quality level um, tonight and has been doing that the whole season. Um, Anthony Davis, I don't think, is playing tonight. Um, I think they're resting him or he's injured, one of the two. Um, but outside of that, man, Miritich, man, he's giving you good production. 17 points. I think he averages like 19 points right now coming into this game. So he's been incredible for the New Orleans Pelicans. And um, also, like, Holiday is still still Holiday, man. He's going to give you some good production. Um, they got some good stuff out of E. Moore. Uh, he gave you 18 points. And then, like I said, you know, you the bench is going to figure it out. Randall is going to be a consistent, you know, walking bucket off the bench, whatever they want to do with them. But like I said, this New Orleans team goes about like eight deep, in my opinion. Uh, will that be enough? We'll see. But to me, I think like 
Anthony Davis has got to play out his mind this year. He's got to play at the MVP quality level for this team to be successful. Um, and we'll definitely see um, what they're looking like going forward. But um, 114 to 106. Um, I got Denver winning this game. We're going to let it, you know, I'm going to let the clock kind of go down in this game some. And then um, I'll give you some more feedback. I like both teams. They're both going to be in the playoff, of course. Um, I think the New Orleans Pelicans are going to be like a top five seed, maybe a fifth or a fourth seed, depending on how Anthony Davis balls out this year. Um, if Anthony Davis continues to do what he does, then I think they're going to be successful. Um, all right, Julius Randle just makes a layup. This one away to 114 um, off the assist from Solomon Hill. Uh, so good clutch play from him. Uh, 7.3 left. I think uh, 4.6. Yeah, Denver's going to walk away with this one. 114 to maybe 110. Um, they're going to improve to 5-1 and one on the season. Um, New Orleans is filing, so uh, they're about to send Denver to the line to go ahead and add some more to that lead. 114 to 108 right now. Um, Denver's up, and um, they're looking like they're going to win this one. Murray may shot one yet. Yeah, Murray's a sure shooter, so he's going to give you both shots here. Um, should be 116, one, 116 to, uh, excuse me, it's 115 to 108. Uh, 116 to 108 now. Murray just made his last shot of the night at the free throw line. And I think Denver's going to come away with this one, 116 to 108. Not a bad loss for uh, New Orleans because I think Anthony Davis uh, sat out. Okay. Yeah, uh, so the end score, somebody shot a three, but it don't mean nothing. So it was 111 to one, uh, 116. New Orleans going to drop the four and two. But like I said, they're going to be in the mix when it's all said and done. Like Anthony Davis is a monster. He's playing like an MVP this year. He's playing like the best player in the association, like he said. So um, if Anthony Davis can continue to ball out with Randall and everything else, he's really going to exploit um, your boy DeMarcus Cousins for leaving because – Anthony Davis basically saying, I can do this shit on my own, period. And um, the numbers prove it. The numbers don't lie. When he's not playing, his team is still competitive. If Anthony Davis played tonight, I believe New Orleans would have won this game. So the Joker and the Denver Nuggets going to walk away with this one. But this was this one right here might be a playoff, uh, a potential playoff preview. Um, I think both these teams got good promise. I like what I see from both sides, and I think these guys are – two of the best in the West for sure. Most improved and also um, they're going to be really uh, competitors as well. Um, so that's my recap going so far in the, in the West, man, and the East as well. Um, really excited about the basketball and what they're bringing. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to recap tomorrow's game because I know I got some teams I didn't mention tonight. We're going to talk about Boston and everybody else tomorrow and the, and the second slate of games, the people who, who play. But um, look out for that as well. I'm going to do a six and seven recap for tomorrow. Um, otherwise, it's been your boy D. Johnson, the mic for Talk That Is. Hope y'all enjoy what y'all been listening to. Again, I ask that if you like the content, please follow your boy on um, on Instagram, underscore, underscore, DJ94, underscore, underscore. That's lowercase DJ94, underscore, underscore, underscore. So two underscores at start, DJ94, two underscores at the end. Also, please, man, if you like what I'm talking about, I ask that you support the uh, channel. Please, like, please, whatever you have will help. It will keep this thing afloat. It will help me, you know, really establish my dreams, man. Like I said, I'm, my goal is to become a sports analyst on a channel or a network. So if you like what I'm doing, man, please support. Give me a clap up. 
Um, otherwise, man, we'll see y'all tomorrow. Um, I got your NFL recap coming on for the first eight weeks of each team going down. So that should be about an hour and some change. I'm going to do that on Wednesday. So look for that Wednesday night um, before I go into work or whatever the case may be. Around like 4, four o'clock, I'll post it. I'll be working on it throughout the morning. But um, otherwise, y'all, man, that's going to do it for your boy D. Johnson. I'll see you when I see you. Peace.